0: Hey guys, it's Brandon Burton. This episode is different because it's not a reading, it's just me. And I sure hope you're enjoying season two so far. And I wanted to talk to you guys candidly about these new things that are coming through in readings, which is inner child therapeutic work and what's happening is we as a collective need to understand that a soul's journey here is to pivot out of the old patterns and the old ways of doing things so that way souls can enter this planet and be able to enjoy the life that we're we're able to have we have really done a number on the way this vessel can live based off of the area of the planet that we're in we have to decide what's right versus what's wrong whenever it comes to advocating for pain if you are understanding that your conditioning is to advocate for someone to be in pain you need to understand it's because you're in pain You need to understand that you're broken and that you never were sought out for or cared for or given a safe space for emotions. One of the things that we have to understand is that if your family, or let me just say this, if any family chooses to not believe in therapy, spirituality tells us that they will be the generators of generational curses. So where do these generational curses start. It's from units of families that don't believe in therapy. And I'm not acknowledging that everybody needs to be in therapy for someone to be spiritual or growth or whatever. What this is saying is that in essence, when you say your family never spoke about emotions or never spoke about what mattered or what, you know, actually was wrong That's what this is referencing. So therapy is just letting you know, like, hey, your emotions matter. We are empathic people, most of us, and we have to feel not only our emotions, but we have to feel out emotions elsewhere so that way we can better teach and help them understand what they're feeling. And so through the form of mediation, I can do that on a huge scale where you could do this for your friend easily, where you are talking to them and you can feel how sad they are or how afraid they are or how angry they are or whatever it is because then what's happening within you, you get boiled up too. You start to sense their emotions and then all of a sudden you become the rageful friend that's like, well, hey, show me who what they look like. Oh my God, where, what address is it? You know, it's like, or it's the, I can't believe they did that to you. And you start to have this gut-wrenching sensation where you go back on a memory that makes you feel that same rejection. And therefore, you have what we call trauma bonding or emotional bonding through realizing that all of these emotions have value and all of these emotions deserve some sort of care. So naturally, we become connected to people that allow us the safety net of being vulnerable. And so what's happening through spirit is... We need to know that it starts with us inside of our home to be the generational pivot so that way people can know what it looks like to become vulnerable. And that's the biggest pivot out of the generation that you were born in. And that's what's going to allow people to feel the love that we need, to feel, you know, what we need to feel in order to move forward with fulfillment and joy. So I want to tell you guys what it looks like to be conditioned or what it looks like sometimes to feel like you're out of control with the way that you are reactive to somebody. So I'm going to get very vulnerable and I'll get very open about my experiences because you read or you listen to me talk to a lot of people about their experiences that I can see. And you're going to see more of this, actually. This is why I'm talking about it now. So that way you understand that I'm not over here just trying to call people out on their BS. I'm over here learning with them. But the tones and the way that these conversations have to go will actually be based off how spirit needs me. So whatever angel's coming through, whatever is coming through, I will know how to speak. Um, per se, as far as the tone goes. So if you feel like I am being a little more pushy or I am being a little more aggressive with somebody, it's not that I want to, it's that I need to in order for them to receive the spiritual guidance because it's that intense and that is a divine intervention. So when you think about the word intervention, you're not thinking of a sweet, nice guy sometimes. So I'm letting you guys know an inside scoop as far as what you can expect in coming episodes because I am that tapped in now to where I can see truth to a degree. I can see reasons. I can see understanding silver linings. I can see how long or where someone's dipped down and spirit knows that there will be moments and experiences that I would not be able to do that. So they hide a lot of stuff sometimes until the end where I'm like oh my gosh had I known that I wouldn't have been so stern but then I'm realizing then that spirit is needing me to be stern and that had I known I would not have been because I do have a moral compass and and you're gonna hear this through my episodes but I need you to know that this is how my this is how I have to roll now my purpose with God has changed and um I just want to talk about what it means to be conditioned in some areas of life, based off of the average of how I, what I've experienced in my life, and then of course with others. So something that I find interesting is um, this experience that I've had with Oliver, my six-year-old son. Um, so in this time of life, you know we're dealing with bathroom etiquette and bathroom manners as far as taking proper care of bathroom care Um, as far as his body and his skin and making sure things are clean. And so um, what happened when I was a kid, I would go to the bathroom and not wipe well enough and then I would get a spanking. I would get skin... Like, bare skin spankins. And I would get, like, crazy spankins from my dad because he was so, you know, the type of guy that was like, you know better, and I've taught you, you know, and you know what you're doing, and blah, you know, that kind of thing. And because of my underwear being dirty and stuff, it was just, like, it was a big deal. And then I remember he made me wash them once in the toilet water. Like, he got very aggressive. And... When I was experiencing this with my son, I did exactly what my dad did to me. And then actually what I did first was not that because I did not like that about my dad. I didn't do it first. Um, I was very cautious, but then it kept continuing and continuing. And then I do remember thinking, well, maybe I need... And then I was getting frustrated. Maybe I need to be a little more... Like, non traditional about this parenting. Maybe I need to be like the conditioned version that I'm trying so hard not to be. And at that time, it was easy to channel that because I was already so angry and frustrated with this common occurrence. And so, naturally, so I did what happened to me. And I'm not very proud of that at all. However, I am so thrilled to realize so soon after that, that that was wrong and that he just needs patience and care and tolerance to guide him through however long he needs to obtain this lesson. And in that duration of time, he can't have a single connection of being afraid of telling me he needs help. And by me being upset or having some sort of emotional connection to the experience, I Instilled fear into him to where he was doing things on his own, therefore wasn't doing it right, therefore was getting in trouble. It was a circle. I put him in a circle, a cycle of abuse. And so he didn't feel safe anywhere because he then became embarrassed. And it's embarrassing now to talk about it, but this is me talking about my bullshit where I'm calling people are out because it's all about healing, you guys. It's all about it. And so today, Something happened that is connected to that same kind of circumstance. And he wet his bed. And I said, no big deal. Like, it's this constant flow. But that's been, that's been the last couple of years now where it's not a big deal. But it's the repair. It's the making sure he still feels safe that nothing will happen, even if he is still learning. I need him to feel safe learning with me, even out of my conditioning. So, when I talk to you guys about conditioning and trauma release. This is the crap I'm talking about. You know, you you don't like this about yourself. You don't like version of about yourself. You need to understand why you're doing what you're doing so that way you're not using your children like an emotional chopping block like I was because then you know what would happen when my kid didn't listen to me the first time? I would get angry and I would yell um, because that was the only way that my dad knew to take care of things. But I did not like the way I felt after. I did not like the way I made people feel. And so I feel I felt like an animal. I felt like I was out of control and I only knew what I saw. So then I realized I have to make space for myself elsewhere to get out the rage and the animal-like behaviors. And so that's when I started working out. Working out allows that aggression, allows those energies to come out so you can take better control because you're less discombobulated based off of the decompression process at the gym it is in the energy it's more than just self-care it's not even self-care anymore it's energy care it's literally you want to remain discombobulated that's fine but if you want to know but if you want to know what it's like and what it takes to become enlightened you have to take accountability of where you're at and the pain that you have caused. Now, what you're dealing with is called guilt ego. This guilt ego, though, is embodied in most of you because this ego was birthed around the the Great Depression soon after because It was during the time of life when people didn't have a lot of stuff at all and everybody worked so hard for what they had. So therefore we taught people to be grateful for what God gave you. And you can't ask for more because if you ask for more, it was a sensation of ungratefulness. So we never asked for more. Therefore, we lost track of even knowing the importance of having needs because they were already provided for based off the caliber of mediocre of what we had. So the needs, in essence, to our mind have always been taken care of. Therefore, when we are an adult, we just kind of become complacent with what's handed to us and what we are humanly already getting. So in other words, we're not raising our own bar because we feel guilty. (laughs) So this guilty ego, this guilt ego, I got to talk to you about this because it's embodied in a lot of you. And this is the stuff that I now am able to see and talk about with people. This is the therapeutic unlocking care that I'm able to access to people. Am I a trained, certified therapist? Hell no. But am I somebody that can be in your pocket as far as having a gay best friend that knows a lot of shit about a lot of shit spiritually. Heck yes. I can be somebody that can advise and counsel you on stuff. So anyway, that's what I've been doing nowadays for the last year and a half or two, you know, and people are like, when I go on social about it, it's so funny to listen to people chat on Facebook about Insecurities and whatnot. Anyway, I want to move forward with this. So I wrote down notes about what it means to have guilt ego in my uh, journal. And it's the inverse of what you would feel an ego is. So in other words, it keeps you still. It keeps you humbled. This ego will rob you from original planned experiences. And so what this means is that You had a purpose and a roadmap of being here, but sometimes this embodiment ego of saying, you know, I'll never be anything special. That's what this is. I'll never do anything cool. It's a safe, humbling ego because it's a toxic humbling where you you put yourself through a toxic, humbling experience of just like, I'm good enough here and I'm good at being good enough here. And so anyway... We can't deny this ego. The whiplash creates softness. So in other words, the embodiment of all of this, we become sensitive. So we're, we decompress the soul before passing back over. So it's the result of being born in a very religious family It's tethered to the conviction belt and so your guilt ego will be on the belt you carry conviction. And so you fuel your conviction belt from this ego. The exit is unbuckling this ego by recognizing all of the lies that you have lived and been told to release that guilt In other words, you know, sometimes we tell ourselves like, well, had I not done that, then they would still be alive. Or had I not turned left, something would not have happened. That's the other version of guilt ego, where this is the humbling, this keeps us still. Had I not done something, then we wouldn't have received a negative part of living. Uh, this I, I see this a lot with addiction. Like, you know, say someone was addicted to meth. Had I not been addicted to meth, then my family would not have wasted all that money and time on me. Uh, but I am grateful that I'm sober. You know, it's like, well, we can't fall back on that and say had that didn't happen. Because think about all the soul lessons in a positive way that happened in that experience. Think about all the healing that happened during that experience. So guilt ego can actually... Guilt ego is a very, very false reality okay so we have to ego kill this before passing it's very important otherwise the generations before you or after you will embody it so it will trickle down so if you're an empathic person with embodied guilty ego you are going to feel everybody's emotions plus you will be somebody's biggest advocate of living their dreams, but you're never going to be your own advocate for living your own dream. So if that sounds like you, then you've embodied this ego and it is not good. It's false. It's conditioned. You are conditioned to feel and to think the things that you feel. And so this guilty ego is going to rob most of you from pursuing that entrepreneur job that you want to do on Etsy or it'll stop you from quitting your eight to five job to pursue something that will make you into something special. This ego is going to be embodied from say a parent that was maybe negative Nancy or was a very positive person and was a people pleaser and and an over giver, a timid receiver, an advocate for so many, but only gave worth to others and never to themselves. If that sounds like your mom or your grandma, you need to pivot out of this embodiment of this ego. Because that is a generational pivot. But I'm speaking to your guilt because unless you hear it this way, nobody can convince you to do something for yourself because I've already expressed that we are timid receivers and overgivers. So if you can imagine you're holding a basket of red apples and you're walking downtown and you're handing out the apples to everybody because you, de- you believe everybody deserves your bright red shiny apple. And then all of a sudden you pass out the last one only to find the basket empty and then you're content with that but then you're hungry. And you remembered earlier on in the day that there was a woman that said, hey, I know you're passing out apples, but do you want one of my oranges? And you said, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. fine. No, 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 I got it. I got it. I'm fine. And now you're by yourself, isolated, and you've resisted help and security of having more food. And then you feel guilty that you even did that. And so you self-sabotage And so one of the ways that we can help manage this guilty ego is to remind you that you are equally validated and have the same rights to have an orange and an apple at the same time. Whereas when you were younger, you were conditioned to only feel like you could only be content with an apple. And even then it was probably half of an apple. And that's why you didn't feel like it was would be okay to take from people or to receive from people. Love, materialistic things, compassion, empathy, joy. And so over time, you become bitter. And we carry this at times of our life and it comes out. And it comes out mostly with our children because they'll never appreciate you in the way that you would appreciate yourself if you had parents like yourself. And so from the guilty ego, we deliver a life that circles back to create bitterness because the people around us aren't appreciating what we are repressing ourselves to do out of guilt. Therefore, we become bitter. And so from that bitter, we do things like, well... You certainly didn't have as much pain as I did. Or things like, oh, you, I got a lot of spankings when I was a kid. That's nothing. We start to say things like in comparison, as if their pain doesn't matter as much as your pain. And so we become somebody that is not fun to be around because nobody carries greater value than you. And so we become this kind of version of ourselves that puts up a front of I'm fine and you don't know more about my life than I do. So therefore, nobody feels comfortable helping you. And then at the same time, you feel like if you were to die, nobody would see you. And so then we become victimizing. So it's a vicious circle to have guilty ego that's embodied. Your, your parents or your grandparents most likely had the guilty ego if that doesn't resonate. But then all this other newer stuff is what you created on top of that. So you've already embodied portions of this and then you've added to it. And so by becoming the version that was running away from having more trauma, you became the person to give you more trauma by not convincing yourself that you deserve help and and not convincing yourself that strength comes by delegating and not working your life away. And so there's a lot to do and there's a lot to unravel with, with this ego. Um, Let me see. What I can do is we can connect to your spirit team, your loved ones, and we can start to connect to them in ways where they can validate who they are. And then they can take accountability for missing the mark on a lot of this. And that's what you're going to notice in my readings. So circling back to where the original placement should have been in the beginning, it's the general placing their offspring into the right land before exiting. Okay. I wrote this note down and now I'm understanding. So here is the truest form of a generational pivot. It's when the patriarch of the family before they die takes accountability and tells their family that they have mishandled the orbit here. They've mishandled the way that they spoke, reacted, and received the love and how they delivered their due diligence with responsibilities. So imagine a 60-year-old grandfather that finally comes to a way in their mind that talks... I'm sorry, that apologizes to their family for their toxic masculinity traits, their rage and their anger, and the way that they responded with change and the way that they made people feel like shit or unbelonged and or while being religious and loving and supporting, right? So... There's accountability that can be had with the truest generational pivot, but that doesn't always happen. Not every soul is capable of taking enough control of the human body and brain to do this. And so this is where I come in because your loved one can come through and be your truest generational pivot by taking accountability and apology of certain things. You know how many times I've had souls come through and apologize for not doing enough when it came down to somebody being sexually molested or abused. Loved ones will come through and show me that they experienced a walk of life where they should have done more for them. Or where they didn't know because the person I'm talking to didn't feel safe enough to tell them. So do you know that a soul will apologize that they didn't create the safety space so that way someone of a victim couldn't talk? It's a big deal. And I'm passionate about what this means to a lot of people, including you. You know, sometimes we just don't realize how painful certain parts of our lives were But sometimes we do know. And we just don't want to go through it again. And I understand it. Because that feeling is a violation to your hard work of survival. And the way that you feel is the only way that you should feel. But I have to tell you, Along that journey of yours, you've curated realities that don't exist and you've made up emotions that do not parallel to your physical actual experience. Although what you do know is true, we have to reframe your mind because at this time of your life, if you can't afford to think negatively about your life anymore, it is time for change and it's very hard to get your mind to be on a different track of spirit, especially if you've been abused or betrayed by God. And so I am here today to remind you that... Spirituality is incredible and God exists in ways that you can't explain. And I can't either. But what I'm telling you is if you once worshipped and praised a man version of God, I'm going to let you know on the right side of spirituality exists a version of source God that will not fail you. And that if you emerge yourself into the understanding of why certain things have to happen you will find nothing short of peace and hope and tranquility that you are here to be the generational pivot and that you are responsible for telling the people that are around you that look so nice and that act so great and that dress so professionally that they are in the wrong for certain things that they have done in their life. And you have to be the version of the truest generational pivot. And if you need guidance, if you need someone that was in spirit before you to do it first, that's where I come in. And so that's where a lot of people say, I don't know why I need a book with you, but I feel pulled to book with you. It's because they need to understand their purpose. And this is all pertaining to everybody's purpose. And then if I get specific with them, they, can really take it in deeper and resonate with it on a different level and then take the appropriate healing precautions towards becoming that generational pivot in that orbit. So I just think it's really incredible because with this form of understanding this ego, we can take better care of it. One of the other things that I want to talk about real briefly with guilt ego is if ever you are placed in a spiritual movement where you can't live with yourself based off whatever it is, that is an ultimate punishment of betrayal and so the mission is to understand that that's not true either. You feel it's a betrayal. You feel like you betrayed somebody. For example, you're driving a car and you have a passenger in the car and it happens to be your daughter. And you're driving the car and you get in a car accident and it's your fault and your daughter passes over in spirit. This ego changes into a different form of guilt this changes into this concept of it should have been me, not her. And so then we're talking about a very deep ego robbing us from a relationship with God because we feel in this very moment that it should be me, not her. Now, this person... That experienced this, the driver, had most likely been somebody who was very hard up, very stubborn in ways, or very, very uncertain about any new change or growth or about loving people properly. This isn't going to be somebody that doesn't need to experience this journey. So empaths, let's not be sad at this very moment because this is a made up story and I don't need anyone to invest their emotions into this story as if it's real life. It has happened to people, but in this moment, I'm just talking. So we're going to, if you found yourself investing emotions to that, you're going to understand you're a natural empathic person. Um, if you didn't, then you need to check yourself for lack of empathy. Okay. Because we do need both. We need to be sensitive and we need to have empathies. That's why we work at it to get more of or to get less. So When we are in this scenario, it is very sad. It's very, very sad. And we feel like we can't live with ourselves any longer because it was our fault. But really, we need to say we weren't taken to. Because the mission here is more important than being there in this very moment. Because there is where we want to be. We don't need to truly feel like if God took a soul, that that soul is missing out on life. You are missing out on their life 1000%, but we can't feel like a soul is missing out on life. You can feel like they're missing out on what it would be like to have a relationship with people. That's a different thing, but just in general life on earth, um, they don't want us to feel bad for them is what I'm saying now. We can feel bad for ourselves all the time, but the longer we take, the longer it can be to get out. Now, give yourself a plenty of time to feel all of these emotions if this does happen to you or if something similar does happen. Now, I'm not saying that this is is very. This would be a very tragic accident. But what I'm acknowledging is the walk of life that normally goes through this experience as a spiritual lesson So from there, this experience has no option but to humble and to get this soul either aligned with God again, like spirituality again, or they're going to go on the dark side and have coping mechanisms that control them and they could very well go down a very deep, dark lane and cause ruin to their own life and to others. And so we want to hope that something like that carries out I can't allow my daughter to die in vain I need to do good with my life and that's where someone who doesn't know how to love learns to love differently out of respect for their daughter they will do everything they can to make them proud in spirit this gives a human new recourse of being as far as making somebody proud And so if that means that you get to experience a daughter for 24 years on earth, so that way you can live the next 20 making her proud in spirit and you developed a new way of loving because your stature and platform on this earth is different than your daughter's could be. Then in essence, your spirit guide came down for 24 years, showed you the way of loving and living, therefore didn't need to do it any longer, was a part of your lessons and came back over there. And so we need to start viewing certain circumstances in an oracle point of view to find different perspectives and clarities so that way we can better understand our anger and rage with God. Because some of you are angry with God, and I do not blame you. But you should also know that some of you were taught the wrong God. The Christian God is false. Okay, sorry, it is. That's where I, it's just not right. The shame and the pain and the advocating for all that bullshit's not right. Alright? If you're if you are in a group of people advocating for pain by disagreeing with certain laws that allow people to feel belonged and respected, you're on the wrong side of God, my friend. So, in other words, if you respect the divine divinity of life, you will be respected on the other side as well. Therefore, you you will have longevity. You won't need to have your cancer activated. You won't need to have your embodied illnesses activated because what what happens when you get sick? Everybody prays. And so you have to know that there are things inside of you that God will activate, spirit will activate, so that way you can get yourself in check and you are then presented with options and choices. And and it's always going to be a spiritual movement. It's not going to just be for kicks and giggles. Nobody gets cancer for kicks and giggles. So what I'm letting you know Is There's a lot to unpack here. And in season two, I hope you're ready for readings that sound different than the first set. The other thing, if you're interested in these kinds of episodes, I will go ahead and encourage you to hop over to my inner circle on my website and subscribe for $9.00 you can access my Inner Circle program and listen to these kinds of episodes. There's a lot on there. There's going to be a lot more coming out, a lot more special guests. All those kinds of things are happening. And if you are somebody who would like to be on my podcast and that can offer some sort of insight or some knowledge or education surrounding anything spiritual or, um, you know, life growth, please send me an email Hello at BrandonBurton.info. I would love to chat with people who carry interesting concepts and theories and exercises. If you are anyone that, you know, if you do Reiki, if you're, you know, um, a a medium, if you are um, whatever, if you're a therapist anywhere, if you're a counselor, if you're a life coach, and this resonates i'd love to parallel your life with through this on a podcast episode so if you know someone that would be interested send me an email and i can reach out to them too i am just so ready to connect with people i want to thank you guys for listening and for being here i am so excited to continue to send out more readings if you haven't already make sure to subscribe to it so you're notified when i do I'm a one-man show right now, so everything you see is all me. And so I cannot wait, though, to give you guys more content and all of those things. So until then, I hope you have a great day. I'm sending you love and light. And until next time. Hi, this is Brandon Burton. I wanted to share with you that I'm hosting a two-day event in person right here in downtown Oklahoma City. On April 15th and 16th, you can join me at the AC Hotel in downtown OKC. This two-day transformational weekend will include hands-on training with me learning your own intuition skills. With breakout groups and intuitive exercises, we'll be exploring all avenues with being connected to our higher selves. I'll have the opportunity to teach you in-person methods on how to manage your intentions, anxieties, stress, past conditionings, and we'll also go over strategies of working on in-body traumas, getting rid of generational patterns, so we can allow for beautiful and proper spiritual growth for your future generations. This two-day event will leave you liberated and connected to your soul in ways that you didn't know were possible. Unlocking your higher self will allow you to see different perspectives, clarities, and affirmations about your own life, abilities, and sight to where you can understand and connect to your own spirituality differently and more seamlessly. You're invited to join me for my two-day transformational event where you can learn to unlock your higher self, allowing you to get out of any stagnant areas of life and leaving you more certain about your own decisions. I am trying to keep this small and intimate, so tickets are limited and they can be found at readingswithbrandon.com. As always, it's a pleasure talking with you and I hope our paths cross again at this two-day event. Thank you so much. Love and light. Have a great day, and until next time,